How do All I sound? Right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Jeff. It's showtime, and I have another return guest, Chris. Chris, how are you, man? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Just got off work not long ago. I'm just relaxing. Yeah, same. I uh, got off work and cut the grass, and now I'm ready to record this uh, this good old wrestling prediction pod with you. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Let's get into it. All right, first thing I want to talk about, last time I had you on the pod, we did a prediction show for, I believe, was it WrestleMania? Yeah, it was, we did the NXT and then WrestleMania. But one of the other things we did was the Chris Benoit Dark Side of the Ring. So I wanted to touch on probably the second most popular Dark Side of the Ring episode, uh, Owen Hart. And uh, I know you have, I know you had a chance to see it. So first off, what was your initial reaction? I I was blown away by it. You know, so, you know, the details are out there about it, but you don't really know everything. But when I got in, when I actually got into it and got to learn a lot more stuff that I didn't know, made, it just wowed me, like, like literally floored me. Yeah, I guess let, let me start off with this question because I know what my answer would be, but I want to know what yours was. Prior to watching the Dark Side of the Ring, you have not seen it yet. Were you on Team Vince or Team Martha? Uh, I was. I was sort of in between because you know I I am a, I am a heart wrestling fan. Owen, Brett, Davey, you know the whole thing. You know I was sort of in between. I mean I knew about the Hall of Fame thing before everything else, so. Uh, I didn't really have a side until I actually saw it. Okay. After the fact, whose side are you on? Um, Martha. Yeah. So I got to be honest. I watched this pay-per-view live in my living room as a seven-year-old in 1999. And growing up, I was always Team Vince. I was just like, this was an accident. And she's taking this out on the company just to win money. And she's just being money hungry. Yes, I understand you lose your husband. Completely understand it. I understand that your your children will no longer grow up with the father. I get it. I understand it. But I thought it was always just kind of a ploy for money. And she no longer wanted her her husband to be monetized by the WWE. You know, she doesn't want the WWE to be making money off her husband's name. And I totally get that. But I just thought she was kind of being, you know, like a control freak. But after watching this and learning what we're kind of going to go over here, I am also Team Martha. Wow, I I didn't expect that to, from to, from you to be honest, you know, because you're you you know strong WWE, and it's it just it, I'm I'm blown away by that actually. Well, I guess, I guess here's the thing. So like. Do I think that Vince McMahon intentionally murdered Owen Hart? Absolutely not. And I hope you don't think that either. But I also don't think this, – this happens all the time at WWE where we talk about how plans change at the last second, right? Right. And I don't think that they always think about the repercussions of those plans. And in this case, the ultimate tragedy happened because – a plan was ill-conceived and not thoroughly thought out. And unfortunately, for the loss of a life, it was poorly executed. 
what's what's your take? I I agree I agree with you. Uh, after seeing it and you know seeing how it was a different harness and Owen wasn't really comfortable with doing it because it was different and seeing all you know, the scaffold where he fell and it just it's uh, it changed my my belief on it completely just to side with Martha in in the in the Hart family because of all this and then you know it just it just goes to show how far they're willing to take it once we get into it and explain the details of it yeah one of the one of the things that if if you have not seen this documentary and you're familiar with the Owen Hart story um but you don't know all the details maybe you haven't read Martha's book you probably have not gone over the police report and maybe you haven't seen the dark side of the ring yet I would advise you to I would advise you to check it out. But one of the things we're going to touch on here is the fact that he was essentially hoisted above, eighty feet above the air. I think was the reported was the reported distance um, by a sailboat clamp. And if I could give you guys some context about how large that is, think of an above average sized padlock, but not a very large one. That's essentially what it was. And he, he was able to be, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it was able to open up. That clamp was able to open up with just six pounds of pressure. And Martha easily did that right on the documentary, right in front of her eyes. How, what did that make you feel like when you seen that? Uh, like, like super disgusted. Like I, I can't believe it would, you know, they would use or change the entire, entire style of what he was doing because he was doing this way, way before this, the pay-per-view as the blue blazer. And, you know, Shawn Michaels did it previously at a WrestleMania. I mean, using the same stuff Owen used, but for them to, to switch courses on him the day of kind of fishy to me, just, just to save money a little bit. Come on now. Yeah. It's, you know, that, that actually, believe it or not, wasn't the biggest kick in the stomach to me. The thing that I just, I just felt terrible. I got borderline just like, oh, my stomach started to turn was when they showed the, the reenactment of Martha bringing her children up there a week or so later to kind of see this is how far your, your dad fell to his death. And those are young kids. And the fact that they had to see that and she wanted them to see that. Like that is a very powerful three to four minute clip in the documentary that I was just like, holy crap. How did you feel? Were, were you were uh, the same? I, I, I saw it and like, I, I, I would, I, I did, I didn't actually know how far he actually fell until I, until I saw it. And it, I kind of, it kind of took me back a little bit. I had to, I had to actually, Rewind, rewind it and watch it again because I didn't watch it live, but I, I rewinded it and watched it again. And just just to seeing the height of how he fell, it just it, it's it's scary to to know you know somebody fell to their death like that. Yeah, I, there's a lot of details that they went over in the documentary. I thought it was very well put together. Um, it did obviously point the picture that the WWE did a lot of things wrong, but I do want to say this. So part of the, in the documentary, there was something said about, uh, Martha kind of said it, where she said, Owen Hart fell to his death and they picked his body up like a piece of garbage, got him out of the ring 
and proceeded with the event. Now, she noted that there was blood still on the ring, and she noted that the boards where he fell, because there's boards underneath the wrestling ring, for those of you that don't know that, the boards where he fell were cracked, and that wrestlers had to proceed to, like, wrestle on top of those. So I have since gone back and checked. I watched, I kind of, like, skimmed through the pay-per-view just to kind of see, like, some before and afters, and... One thing that I don't want anybody to kind of get twisted because I do think that they kind of made WWE look really bad here is they said that the blood that was on the mat was Owen Hart's. Now there might have been blood on the mat. There could have been, but the large blood stain that is on the mat was actually there prior to Owen Hart falling. It was actually there from a segment they did on Sunday night heat, like a pre-show before the pay-per-view where the brood, one of the brood members, I believe it was actually Matt Hardy. It was a new brood. He had stuck his arm covered in blood on the mat. So that had been there all night. And they kind of pointed to that in the documentary. And I thought that made the WWE look worse than they really was because it actually wasn't Owen's blood. So I did want to point that out. What did you think about WWE's decision to go ahead and just, all right, we're going to carry on with the pay-per-view? I mean, I, I understand from a business standpoint, you know, the show must go on no matter what the occasion is. But you, you had somebody die on your pay-per-view. I, I, I'm cutting it and, and moving and, you know, moving into a different, you know, night or whatever. Show a little compassion for the man who's been in your company, you know, 20, what, 13, 14 years. Uh, that, that's guesstimating. And giving you a, a lot to your company, and just to brush brush him aside like like he's nothing, I, I I did I did not like that, not at all. I thought it was a bad bad move. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I just I don't I remember that night pretty vividly as far as watching it live on pay per view, and I don't remember any of like my or my aunt and uncles I watched the pay-per-view with, I don't ever remember them saying like, oh my gosh, they're going through with this pay-per-view. Like, I just felt like it was just like, oh my gosh, there was an accident. It wasn't, it probably would have been different had, had it happened live on television because it didn't actually happen live. Like it happened during like a segment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's no actual footage of Owen Hart falling. Had it there been footage, I think it may have been a little different. I do think that. But one of the things that they touched on in the documentary, and I don't remember who brought it up. I don't remember if it was Jim Ross or if it was one of if it was Martha or if it was one of the um, of one of the producers. But they said it should have never been in Vince McMahon's hands to continue. It should have been a crime scene at that point. Do you remember that? I I do I do, and I I 100% agree with that. I just can't believe that. You know, we're only talking, it's 21 years ago. Times have not changed that much in 21 years where the police would not have turned that into a crime scene. They should have never let WWE make the decision to proceed. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That should have it should have been a crime scene. It, it, they should have stopped what they were doing. And, you know, maybe if they would have, I don't, this is me being optimistic, but if they would attend to it, attend the situation instead of, you know, proceeding, they he he might he he might still be with us, but paraplegic. But he might still be here, you know. Just saying, kids might have a father. 
You know, I, I'm, no, a, I'm, well, a, I'm a father of five, so I kind of, I, I sympathize with that. So. Yeah, I, I don't think that his life would have been preserved. I don't think there was anything they could have done to save his life outside of not making him fall. Because, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different reports out there, and there's a lot of stories that people have. JR actually tells a really good one on his podcast. Not, it's not that it's good. It's just very accurate and very um, descriptive. But Jerry the King Lawler actually um, ran over from the announce table and seen Owen. And he actually tells Jim Ross that Owen was like almost like completely purple slash blue, like his head, like all the blood just rushed to his, like it was trying to explode from his face. Um, And when they brought him back through the curtain, I think they actually touched on this in the, in the uh, documentary. Um, The rock was one of the ones that was like, get him out of here. And I don't even know that he ever made it to the hospital. I just, Unfortunately, it was too much of a fall, and uh, yeah. But one last thing I want to touch on before we uh, get too far is Martha's stance on the Hall of Fame. What did you What did you think about that? I I agree. <clears throat> I agree with Mart with Martha. You know, the company killed her husband, and I don't think they should reap reap the benefits of the Owen Hart name. I I don't think I. I think all of his year, years there are just are just you know not non-existent anymore is the way they're looking at it, and I don't think he should they should benefit from it. You know when they released you know the Heart of Gold DVD on Owen, and they they caught they caught major rap for that because they didn't have her permission to do so. So I, I don't I don't think that they should reap the benefits on his name at all. Yeah, one of the things that she said, and I never really thought of it this way. She's, you know, when she was asked, actually, this was not in the documentaries. I think they touched on it a little bit, but the the most descriptive answer she's given was on a CBS interview that I read, and she said, when when asked about her husband joining the WWE Hall of Fame, she says, "What Hall of Fame? They don't have a physical Hall of Fame. They have a glorified ceremony where they sell tickets and make money off people coming in." where they put your name on a silver plate, hurrah you, <laughs> applaud you, and send you off. There's no actual enshrinement, and she makes really good sense. There's no physical Hall of Fame. Like, you can go to the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. You can go to the NBA Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. You can go to Cooperstown in the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. Their College Football Hall of Fame. Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame actually exists in, I think it's Texas, there is no WWE Hall of Fame that you can physically go to. So why would she enshrine her husband simply for WWE to monetize him? I totally get it. Totally get it. Well, what uh, you have anything else you want to add before we move on and uh, talk about backlash? Uh, I do actually. I just I just read this yesterday, and I, I think it I think it's going to go very well. Um, upon, you know, you mentioning the Owen Hart Hall of Fame, um, Jericho, who did, who wanted to do, who did the, the dark side of the ring uh, with, like, on Owen Hart, well, some of it, is, is protesting to, for a hall, for a hall of fame or like a, about, like a battle royal memorial for, in his name to AEW. You know, that's news to me and I don't like it. And here's why Owen Hart has never wrestled for AEW. 
Owen Hart was not alive when AEW is a thing. AEW is a new thing. And AEW has not established themselves yet. They're still a very, very much developmental and growing program. They've definitely got their foot in the right, the right direction. And they're definitely on fire. And they're definitely their fan base is on fire for them. But why, why use Owen Hart's name to benefit? So it just doesn't make sense to me. That's it's first off, it's a ripoff of WWE's Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Second off, you're just simply rubbing it in WWE's face that hey, we're going to use Owen. I don't know. I just I think it's wrong. If that actually does happen, I would be disappointed because AEW does not need that. They don't. No, I, I agree with that in that aspect, but I, I think he needs to be symbolized in some way. So for some countries well, that he didn't make the, to, the, to the wrestling organization. I do believe, I don't know what Hall of Fame, I believe it's the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame that do, Vince McMahon does not own. Okay, um, I do believe that he's enshrined in there. Um, Owen Hart is in a couple of Hall of Fames. I don't know which ones, but it's definitely not a WWE-related um, Hall of Fame. But with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, we'll move on to Backlash, which is this Sunday, June 14th. And uh, obviously, as of right now, we're still not going to have a crowd. And uh, I don't know. I thought that this Backlash build has been um, – Average at best, would you agree or you disagree? Where are you at on this backlash card before we get into it? I, I, I think it's I think it's built I build is you know slightly average. You know, they're building the you know, one one match in particularly that I don't think is gonna go very well. Okay. I I know exactly the match you're talking about, but we will uh we'll get to that. Let's go ahead and start off with a newly announced match. We're going to have the new United States champion, Apollo Crews. He's going to be defending the title against former United States champion, Andrade. And Andrade just won the opportunity to face Apollo Crews. Um, where do you see this one going? Obviously, this title just switched back. It's not uncharacteristic for WWE to kind of bounce titles back and forth off two people in a feud. Uh, do you have Apollo walking away, or do you think Andrade takes this one? I, I, I think... I think Andrade wins via disqualification. I think Apollo remains champ, and here's why: um, when they did the when they did they did the match to defend the number one contendership, you know, Angel Garza was pretty pretty mad at, at how it how it did how it panned out, and I, I think he plays a, a big role in that. Okay, I uh, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with with the outcome, but I, I think Apollo Cruz wins maybe like via roll up with uh, maybe a distraction from Angel Garza on Andrade and Apollo Cruz is able to pick up the win. And then Andrade and, and um, Angel Garza maybe feud after that. I do think Apollo Cruz walks away with the title and it sounds like you do too. Uh, anything else to add on that match? No. Okay. Uh, moving on. This one, uh, it's not exactly a cold feud, but I'm, I'm just not really sure what they have in it. It's Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Uh, it's kind of been a weird storyline. Um, you know, Sheamus takes over for Jeff Hardy in the Intercontinental title tournament. Still ends up losing to Daniel Bryan. Jeff Hardy's got this drunk driver storyline going on. 
What do you think happens here? Who wins this match? Um, Jeff Hardy's got way too much to lose, to lose not to win. You know, this this would be his what third match back since he came since he came back off for what nine nine months being gone. Yeah, and, something like that. And I I think I think this would go in the favor of Jeff Hardy to just because he was gone so long and this is his first real big match. So I, I give it to Jeff Hardy. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go with you there. I think Jeff Hardy takes this one as well. Uh, but then again, I mean, there, there's just not too much to this feud. I can definitely see Sheamus winning, but I agree. Jeff Hardy's kind of newly back. So is Sheamus, but Jeff Hardy has more to lose here. They, I think they want to build him up more than they want to tear him down. I think Jeff Hardy takes this one. Uh, let's go ahead and move to the triple threat tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. So these titles have been bouncing around lately. These titles just recently is closer to, I believe, is WrestleMania. These titles were on Asuka and, and Kyrie Zane. They lost them to Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. They had them for a couple of weeks, and they lost them to Bailey and Sasha Banks this past Friday on SmackDown. They're now going to be in a triple threat match against Alexa and Nikki. So they're getting their rematch. And then against the Iconics, who do you think takes this one? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Dark Horse and say the Iconics. And, and here, here's why. They, they re- just recently returned. And they recently got the, vi- got the victory in their last showing. So why, why, would, you, why would you spoil that? Um, yes, but I, have you, you've seen that the Iconics have had these, uh, these small moments of disagreements and it kind of shows maybe they're breaking up on the horizon. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, 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 it still doesn't change the, you know, the way I look at it. I, I think they put it on the Iconics and I think they, they maybe do a split up with the titles. That's, that's what I think might happen. You know, I just, uh. I've never been a, uh, like a huge Bailey fan. I always thought she was all right, not great, not bad. Um, Heel Bailey's been very good. And this small storyline they have where Sasha's supposed to be jealous, but she hasn't really been showing it a whole lot. And Bailey's just kind of had this conceited little thing going. Them picking up the tag team titles, I think, is actually huge. I think they do hang on to those. And. I don't know if you've heard this, but this Wednesday night on NXT after the pay-per-view, they're going to, whoever wins this match has to defend the NXT tag team titles or the NXT, eh, the women's tag team titles on NXT against uh, Shotzi Blackheart and I believe Tegan Knox. That's news to me. I didn't yeah. hear that. So I, I don't know. I just think that Bailey and Sasha retain and then take them into the t- that, that match on NXT. And first off, Bailey and Sasha are as big as a women draw of anybody in the business. As big as Charlotte, as big as Becky, they really are. I mean, Sasha is a huge draw. Them going to NXT for a Wednesday night program is huge, especially in the running against AEW. I think they take them over to, to Wednesday night, and they either drop the titles or even they retain them. But I just think that they retain on Sunday to go into that match. So, anything else to add on that one? No. Okay. Moving right along, we got the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka versus Nia Jax. Asuka 
took the title after winning the Money in the Bank. Becky announced that she's pregnant. She coughs up the title. Asuka gets it. Nia then wins a number one contender match. Who do you think takes this one? I am uh, I'm a little torn. I am too. I, I don't know which way to go. I could go either way with it. I mean, Asuka deserves you know to hold on to this title longer the longer this time around and show her worth to the to the company at the same time you got a returning a returning Nia Jax off knee surgeries i mean this could go either way but so i don't i don't know which way to go but if if i'm if i'm picking one straight out of the gate it's probably be Nia see i the way i'm leaning is Nia Jax but if WWE was smart your biggest woman star, Becky Lynch, is out with pregnancy, okay? If your second biggest star, in my opinion, isn't even currently wrestling for you. I believe it's Ronda Rousey. I don't think it's Charlotte. I think Charlotte's third, okay? So next would be Charlotte. If Ronda Rousey were to return, big money would be in a Charlotte match, but I think bigger money would be in an Asuka match if Asuka was essentially tearing through the roster how she was when she was undefeated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if they have her hold this title for a couple of months going into the Rumble, going going into WrestleMania season next year, have her hold it for a whole year, and you can have Ronda win the Rumble, that's that's a huge match to me. Even, to be honest, anybody – Winning the Rumble and challenging Asuka if she held it for a year, I think, would be a huge match. Even a, a Shayna Baszler. But here's the thing. Shayna hasn't been on TV since losing the number one contender match. I don't know. I'm just uh, – I'm a little torn. I'm going to go Asuka based off of – I just think it would be smart booking to keep the title on her. But I would not be remotely shocked if it was Nia Jax. I do think that uh, she's a true heel. Fans truly hate her. And, you know, for whatever reason, whether you think she botches moves or you think she's just, you know, whatever. But uh, I'm going to go Asuka there. So moving right along, we have the two-on-one handicap match. This match doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. For the Universal Championship, Braun Strowman beats Bray Wyatt. Not The Fiend, but Bray Wyatt at Money in the Bank. And Bray has been out with from the birth of his child. So he's going up against, in a new storyline, The Miz and John Morrison. Where are you with uh, Where are you with how this one goes down? Are you taking Braun or are you taking Miz and Morrison? Uh, I don't know. I, I think the way they're building this is kind of comical. You know, if you saw SmackDown, you, you understand where I was going with that. And I, I, I do think, you know, Miz is way overdue. Way overdue. And I think... John Morrison would be gold as a as a, a main main champion, but individually, them together as co holders of of the title, not so much. I I would like to see Miz and Morrison, but I think Braun will go will go strong. Yeah, I think this is honestly just a way of we don't have Bray, we don't have Roman Reigns, we don't really have a true number one contender for Braun right now. So why not just let him have him beat up a tag team of Miz and Morrison? Because truly, one-on-one, Miz isn't a true contender to Braun, if we're being honest. I love Miz as much as the next guy, but he's just not. 
And John Morrison, though I think that'd be a good match, truly isn't a true competitor either. I just Braun's just bigger than everybody else, and you just need kind of like a a next tier guy, in my opinion. I think this is just simply a way of making Braun look great in a match because Miz and Morrison can both work, can both bump around for Braun. I think Braun takes this one. I don't really see too much happening here. I, I, I personally could definitely see him winning this match and then maybe the Fiend attacks him directly after. I don't think this, this feud goes anywhere else after this match. What about you? No, I no, I agree with you. I if if you know Braun retains it, it 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 dies right right there and then. But I, I do I somewhat think the the fiend might might show up just you know to to poke what well, you know what if you know or when that happens. But I, I would I like I said I would like to see Miz and Morrison you know do like a like a Michelle McCool um drum. Layla type of deal, share the title, and maybe, and may, and, and maybe like kind of you know fight fight over it back and forth. I don't know, sort of like an old school tribute thing. Yeah, I just, I don't see them doing that with the heavyweight title. I just think that'd be that'd be a strange way to proceed. I don't know. Braun just got the belt. He beat Goldberg. He's now beat Brady Wyatt. This, I think, this is just another obstacle. Have him beat him. And you're on an obstacle course against either the Fiend or Roman Reigns or whoever may that may be going forward. But I just don't see Miz and Morrison uh, being a true threat. Uh, moving right along, we got the WWE Championship match. Drew McIntyre beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, retains the title against Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. He's on quite a roll. And he's going to take on Bobby Lashley, who has also been on quite the roll after getting out of that terrible, awful, atrocious Rusev feud. Um, what do you think about this match, and who do you got taking it? Um, I, I'm going to go Bobby because, it, you know, it, it would be nice to see Bobby Lashley in the championship picture again. Yes, he's been ECW champion. Yes, he's been Intercontinental champion. I would like to see, you know, a, a world title on Bobby Lashley besides, you know, the the revamped ECW title back then. You know, he, he's well he's well deserved, just like just like Drew. But I, I, I think I, I think they're trying to, you know, transform Drew into something he's not. You know, ma- make him be a fan favorite with the crowd. Drew's but I've always thought Drew McIntyre's better as a heel. I've always thought that. But if you're I, I, I would do Bobby just because, you know, he, he deserve I think he deserves it more. We're going to somewhat agree. I think Drew McIntyre 100% has a better heel than he has a face. But I'm shockingly impressed by his face run. I, I think it's actually been better than you're giving it credit for. Um, you know, I, uh, I definitely see what you mean. But, dude, that crowd went nuts when he eliminated Brock. That crowd went nuts. Even after Edge got eliminated from the Rumble, and I think they really wanted Edge to win. They were totally cool with Drew throwing Roman over to win that Rumble, dude. I, had there been a fan reaction at WrestleMania, that I think they would have went nuts with him beating Brock again. I don't know, dude. I uh, I really think they want Drew McIntyre to have a crowd around him. And unfortunately, right now, there's no, there's no way to really get a reaction and to keep people watching wrestling without having what you want on television. You know, when you have an audience, that's one thing. But if you don't have an audience, you really need to have an appealing product on TV. 
and having a face as your champion helps that. But on the flip side, trying to figure out whether I want to, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There's a big push for black lives matter. I think it'd be a pretty big, I think it'd be a pretty big PR move if they put the title on Lashley. I'll just go ahead and say it. Not that Lashley's not deserving on his own right, because he is. Um, he's been in the company for a very long time, took a, a you know, several year hiatus, and he's back. And Bobby Lashley's a physical freak. But here's what I think I've seen a lot of reports on this, and I, you know, this is a match I've been calling for for years. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, I think, is on a collision course for SummerSlam. I don't believe that feud needs the title, but unfortunately, when's the last time Brock Lesnar had a non-title match in the in WWE? I don't remember when it was. No, me neither. Vince McMahon seems to think that Brock can only fight for titles. It wouldn't shock me if Bobby Lashley took the title here and went on to a feud with Brock at SummerSlam, or maybe this match doesn't end clean tonight and they fight again, and then the next pay-per-view will be a SummerSlam pay-per-view. Versus Brock, but or maybe Drew gets the clean win, moves on to a different feud, and Bobby Lashley and Brock fight in a straight up match. That it doesn't need the title, it doesn't. Um, based off of just what I think, I'm taking Drew McIntyre on a clean win. I don't think that Bobby Lashley needs the win in order to make a Brock Lesnar feud work, and. I don't think that feud needs the title. And Drew McIntyre, in my opinion, has done a pretty good job with it. I'm going Drew. Anything else you want to add to that? Um, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, we, I mean, we were both thinking about the PR move. I, I, I didn't want to say it though. But uh, you know, I uh, another idea. What if I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to bank on your not clean victory. And going into SummerSlam, maybe being a three-way, Brock getting revenge on, you know, Drew? What do you think? Um, I don't hate that idea. Matter of fact, I think that's a massive draw of a pay-per-view. But I just personally think that a Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match needs to happen one-on-one before it happens with Drew involved. That's just me thinking out loud. But I don't know. I don't know. I could definitely see a Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the title. And then the pay-per-view after Drew McIntyre gets involved and maybe it's a three-way at that point. I just, I don't know from a, from a money drawing standpoint, from a WWE booking standpoint, the first time that Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar touch, I, I wouldn't want Drew McIntyre in the ring as well. This match has been fantasy booked since like 2003. Like, going back to when Bobby Lashley's first stint and Brock's first stint, people wanted these two to go at it. Like, these are just two mammoths of of, of, of pro wrestlers, man. I don't know. I uh, That would be a huge match. Huge match. I would love it. I think it would be a great match. But I just think that uh, – I don't know. Let's Let's potential here. Let's say that Drew gets the win and Bobby Lashley does move on to Brock Lesnar. Who's the, who's the fight for – McIntyre going forward on Raw. Um, I, 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 okay. I have a, I have two thoughts on this. One thought being being a trade. 
Roman goes to Raw. Maybe you get Rollins on SmackDown. That 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 would be a feud for Drew. Um, two, and this is severely far fetched. So bear with me. Um, I read four articles yesterday on Charlotte going for a a men's main title. What do you think? I absolutely hate it. I do too. No, I'm not sexist. I absolutely hate that. I don't want to see Charlotte I, Flair and Drew McIntyre in a match. I don't want to see Charlotte Flair and Brock Lesnar in a match. Charlotte Flair and Roman Reigns. Charlotte Flair and AJ Styles. Charlotte Flair and stuff. I don't want to see that. No interest. No interest at all. It's not my fault that you've booked Charlotte Flair far head and heels over the rest of the women's division. It's your problem to fix it. Don't put her in the ring with a man. I don't want to see Nia Jax in the ring with a man. No. No. Men's matches, women's matches, period. No, I, I agree. I, I, I read it and laughed, and, and I thought it was, you know, hypothetical, but then I saw article after article after article on it, and I'm, st- I'm starting to a little bit believe it because you did, did, did the same thing with Beth Phoenix in a Royal men's rumble, Nia Jax in the men's rumble, and in China with, with the feud against Jarrett. I mean, they've been known to do it. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I uh... – it's just weird to me. That's just weird. That's a weird concept. And it's, it's, a, it's a can of worms you don't want to open. You know, here's the thing. You're a, you're a publicly traded company. You have stockholders all over the world. Okay? You're a PG program where you try to appeal more to kids than you're trying to appeal to 35-year-old adults. And you're going to have Charlotte Flair getting punched in the face by Drew McIntyre? Seems like a little far fetched to me. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I just I read the articles and thought maybe yeah. you know get get your get what you thought on it. Yeah, I don't like it. If it does happen, I'm not supportive of it. But it is what it is. Uh, moving on, we have what I foresee being the main event, and what is being billed as the greatest wrestling match ever. Nice. I like that. First off, before we even get into this, I just want to let it be known. And I think you're 100% agreeing with this. This won't be the greatest wrestling match ever. Not at all. (laughs) I do think that this has a potential to be a solid match. But, okay, first off, for those of you guys who don't know, we're going to have Edge versus Randy Orton in a rematch from WrestleMania. Okay. So Edge, so far in 2020, has been in two matches. The Royal Rumble and a last man standing match where they basically fight over the Performance Center. And Randy Orton challenges him to an actual singles match, an actual wrestling match, one-on-one, where you have to be pinned in the ring. And it's a cool story. I really, I, I liked that story aspect. Hey, let's not end this feud. I like where this is going. There's been a lot of great promos and storytelling. Let's actually have a wrestling match. Totally get it. And now they're trying to build it as the greatest wrestling match ever. As we both know, there's probably 50 wrestling matches that you can name off the top of your head that are probably going to be better than this one. So let's, Easy. let's keep our expectations down, as mine have been, and I'm sure yours have been too. Mm-hmm. 
Who do you think wins this match, and how would you book the greatest wrestling match ever? Uh, okay. Uh, before I answer, am I booking with, with Randy Orton and Edge, or am I booking with past performers or present performers? I mean, you're booking with Edge and Randy Orton in their current uh, current setting, their current present performance. Okay. Um <sighs> It's it's hard to pick a winner here because they're they're both they're both really good. I I mean you 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 told, you noted on Edge has had two matches. Randy Orton's been on the go, hasn't had a break, in in God knows how long. Randy can still go, and Randy can go on all cylinders. I don't think I, I, I Edge looked gassed at WrestleMania. He looked severely gassed, and I don't think Edge can go. You know. 30, 40, maybe even, you know, 45 minutes with Rand, with, with a well-trained Randy Orton. I don't see it. Not at all. I, I'm, I'm taking Randy Orton all the way. Yeah, here's the thing. I would hope to God they learn their lesson from a 44-minute WrestleMania match that they're not going to do that again. I think that this match has potential to be, to be very good. 20, 20 to 22 minutes. And couple of near falls, and you pick a winner. I think it's a good match. I just here's how I would honestly fantasy book this match, and I said this literally right after it was made. I think to uh, Zach, um, if I, <laughs> I swear this is how I would book the match. Randy Orton comes down, Edge comes down. You're you're boosting up the greatest wrestling match ever. Ding ding ding. Orton hits an RKO and pins him one, two, three, just like that. No match. <laughs> and everyone's like, what just happened? And it literally, it sparks a third match of what could potentially then be a very good match because your expectations are now so much lower than what they are now. The expectations are going to be through the roof because that's what, how, what WWE wants them to be. I don't think WWE would do this without an actual smart storyline to go behind it. They're not going to let them wrestle to to potentially have the greatest wrestling match ever. Because even if it's great, let's say it's four and a half stars. Well, it ain't five, so it ain't the best match ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, that's personally how I would book it. And no matter what, no matter how it goes down, whether it happens with an RKO or whether it happens, you know, 15 to 20 minute match, or maybe it goes longer, maybe even goes 40 minutes and they make that mistake again. I want to see Randy Orton win this one. And then they have a rubber match where they, you know, settle the tie. I, uh, I think Orton deserves this win. I think that this storyline gets a lot of juice if Orton wins this match. And you could definitely 100% draw this storyline out where Orton wins this one. And Edge goes back to the drawing board and they don't talk for another month just like they did. They, they skipped money in the bank and now they come to Backlash. So you skip your next pay-per-view. And then you come to SummerSlam, and hopefully we can pray that maybe SummerSlam has an audience, and that's where this match blows off in front of an audience, what it deserves from the get-go. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I would change one thing about with it, though. Um, I would, I'm would. i going to go with your RKO after the entrances, but I think when Edge goes back to the drawing board, I think maybe you get – then this is me just thinking outside the box – I think maybe you get like a Christian sticking up for Edge 
you know, Christian wanting to stick up for his best friend. And I think you get maybe a, a, an Orton versus Christian. You know, I, uh, I've thought about that a lot. But the problem is, I, I don't know that Christian's cleared. I don't think that's been reported yet. I haven't heard anything on that. But the, the, Christian isn't cleared to wrestle. Chris, Christian has medical issues. That's why he retired from the ring. Because I think a lot of people wanted Christian to get involved with the storyline going into WrestleMania. And Christian already said he couldn't. That's why he wasn't involved. He said he didn't want to be involved unless there was contact. He has been involved lately. He was involved in that, that peep show storyline or whatever. I, uh, I missed that. There wasn't any contact, correct? No. Christian never got RKO'd or anything like that. Or No, no. They, they didn't even meet in the, in the ring. It was a more or less Randy showed up on the screen. Yeah, see, so Christian can't take contact. As of right now, I just don't see that panning out. And that's unfortunate because, yes, that would be fantastic. A great way to continue the storyline. I just, uh, I would love to see Orton win this one and this get blown off in another month or two at SummerSlam in maybe a cage match or maybe a cinematic something. Because, you know, personally, the way these two both work, they don't work like NXT where they're, they're laying it in snug. They take their time. They tell stories. They make you actually develop what you're what you're seeing and what you're processing on, on in a wrestling move. And I just see that uh, a cinematic would be, actually be very good for them. And I, I don't want WWE to overdo the cinematic, but you know, did, have you seen Adam Cole and Dream from Takeover? I did. That was pretty good. It wasn't. That, it was good. Yeah, I, I liked it. I could see, and I don't want them to do the exact same thing, but. You know, maybe Orton and Edge have a, a cinematic match some other way. I don't know. So, I guess uh, anything else you want to add to to Edge and Randy Orton? Um, no, not not really. Who are you, who are you taking to Wishley? Um, Randy Orton, and I'm also officially. I'm also taking Orton. So, all right. Well, if uh, if nothing else. It's been another fun uh, WWE pay-per-view prediction show as we just broke down all backlash. I'm sure there'll be a couple of uh, stinker matches added at the last minute that we weren't able to break down. But uh, thanks again for joining me on the pod, Chris. Anytime, man. All right, man. Take care, and uh, I'll have you on next time. All right. Sounds good.